Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Now, if you will, please, Turn in your Bible uh, to 2 Peter, the first chapter, and we will begin with the first verse. Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellency. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises in order that by them you might become partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corrupted that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellency, and in your ex moral excellency, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification uh, from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. Therefore, I shall always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present within you. And I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to steer you up by the way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you may be able to call these things to mind. Lord, help us to understand that you're trying to tell us about a way to proceed in life today. How to stir up one another. The 13th verse, the apostle Peter is saying that it is his call uh, to stir you up. Now, as we think about this scripture that I've just read to you this morning, it would be good if we'd call to mind that the apostle Peter at this time knows that the Lord has already communicated to him and told him that your time is at hand. Peter, prepare yourself because you're going to come back and be with me. Your time has come. Now, if you were in such a position as that, uh, what would you say? 
what would be some of your last words? What would you put into uh, to writing? And, and what would you communicate to your friends and your loved ones? Well, when that time comes, and if you have uh, some poor knowledge of it, it would be a time of reflection, of real serious thought and consideration, and would uh, take in the sum total of your life, the reflection of all life, uh, the past, uh, of course, the present, and then you would try to put into words something of your deeper feelings and something of the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that you have about life and what it's all about and how it's put together, and those things that should be remembered and uh, you would be talking about those things that you know would be of help and service uh, to other people because in the hard knocks of life you've discovered this to be the truth. Now, folks, this is precisely what Peter is doing. And he's coming, and in our scripture that I read to you, just a very a brief 15 verses, he reminded you of the fact that he knows because of the communication that he has with the Lord Jesus Christ that his time is at hand. Now, he's trying to tell us something uh, that is quite, quite important. And that is how we might encourage one another. But he puts it this way, to stir up one another. Now, we do do that. But unfortunately, for in many situations, it's for the wrong way that we go about doing it. And so we get the wrong cause out of it, the wrong effect out of it. It's easy for us to stir up one another to get mad. I just don't have to try to do that. I just go out and it's just done. You know, It just happens. It's easy for us to get someone worked up and get them filled with all kinds of negative feelings. Now, that's not the kind of thing that he's talking about. He's talking about us to encourage one another uh, to do those things, to be that person uh, that God has called on us to be. And he's very specific in it. He doesn't just leave it general like that. He says that he is writing us and saying this to us in his last days, and some of his last words to us, He's saying that this is, in effect, this is a thing that I found to be so, and a thing that's found to be the most important thing, and that is that you be encouraged to love one another. We are to provoke one another to love. Oh, to God, that I was more capable of doing this. And you know, dear friends, this is not something that is uh, past you and me. It is something that uh, is well within our reach. It is something that every one of us can do. You can be an encouragement to someone. Now, I have a little grandniece, the daughter of my niece, and she has an interest span, I would guess, maybe 30 seconds. I, and that might be stretching it, but she's, a, she's a, one of these uh, uh, child that's sort of like an angel, really. She never has any problems. I was surprised to learn that when I was in seminary out here uh, that in... Uh, when you, in the Latin, if you think of a private person, the, the word for a private person. Now, my little niece, she's a pretty private person, you know, but the word for it is a very harsh word we have today, and it connotates other kinds of meaning for us than it ought to be, and we say it's an idiot. Well, you, if you think you're a private person, that's, <laughs> and if, you know, that's what you might be. Well, anyway, this little niece of mine, she, um, I call my, her mother on a telephone, and I can be in a hurry, doesn't make any difference. Her mother can be in a hurry and want her to give up the telephone when, she's, when I'm called and she answers the phone. And this uh, little niece of mine, and uh, she will hold on to that phone until she, she'll always say two things. You can just count on, I don't care what her mother says, or, or hey, let me talk to your mother. She's, not go, she's going to get these two things out. She's going to say, preacher, how's you late? And the second thing she's going to say, before she turns that phone loose, the mother can get it out of hand and say, 
and she will say, Preacher, I love you. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. That's an encouragement my heart. You see, the truth of it is, she may know something about God that we don't know. And she just goes about living it every day. She doesn't worry about these things. Well, let that be made. The thing that I am saying to you, the point that I'm making is simply this. If this little niece that is so handicapped in our society today that will have to be looked after the rest of her life can encourage another human being by saying, how are you? And that I love you. What about you and me? There's no excuse upon the face of this God-given earth that you can give that will hold water that can keep you from being an encouragement to another human being, you see. And we look at that, and we look at this scripture, and we think that's so superficial. But folk, it wasn't superficial to the Peter, the man who knew Christ, and the only man outside of Christ that ever walked on the water. Now you say to about Peter what you want to. But you see, he did it. Not too long, but he did it for a while anyway. Do you see what I'm trying to say to you? That here is a man that lived and worked and walked with the Lord Jesus Christ. He thought about the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was saying to the people here, and notice, he says, you already have it. He's talking to committed people. He's talking to you and me. He's talking to the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, you've got it already. He says, now the thing that you ought to do is share it in a way that would encourage one another to do the thing that God has called them to do, to provoke one another, to stir up one another, and a way to reveal this, this, give this demonstration of love and care and concern that will build up another human being. Now, we have some programs around this church of ours. We think about our church. We think about our leaders, you know. Let me say to you that are not going to be an official family this year. You've worked hard. You've served a good year. And you deserve to, to take it easy for a little while. And let me say to you that are going to receive and continue to receive and give leadership to our church and to the body of Lord Jesus Christ here. And folks, it goes without me saying this, that you're expected to give leadership to your church. And that's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to be, take prayer. And that's going to take understanding. Uh, but you're expected to give leadership uh, to your church. And we expect our leaders to lead. And we expect every member of this church to support them in their, in their leadership and to encourage them. And we think about the outreach of our church here. And we are concerned. You know, I read everything that comes to me that I can get a hold of or people pass on to me in the church that has suggestions about this church, whether it's a, it's a negative uh, or whether it's a positive. I read them all. And if I don't read them, it's simply because those who receive them are in the lead position in the church, they don't pass the information on to it. But we got to, two things was given to me this past month uh, in relation to our, our circuit rider program. And one little gal had uh, marked on her pledge card, and I just love this. She says, I will give all I can with all the love I can. Now, isn't that beautiful? Now, this little girl says she doesn't have a job or anything like that. She says, I will give all I can with all the love I can. I said, my heart, I said, heart, you listen to this. So listen to that. Listen to what this young, young lady is saying. We've got a great church because this young lady's in the church and she's influenced by this church. And she knows that this is at the, at the center of her being and she loves the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Also, I received one and 
letter was concerned about, a note was concerned about our, our outreach in our community here. And our own outreach right around us here is not what it ought to be. Well, it's not what it ought to be. And I'm glad to know that there are those who are here that are not in a lead position within the church are conscious of this. But how can we reach into our community in a more perfect way? Do we just depend? Listen, folks, I'm going to tell you that there's people in two miles of this church right here, right now, little families, with little families. And I want to tell you that there are children, young people in this community that have never been in church for any cause or any reason. Now, one of the things that nearly destroyed my mind over at the other place is when we ran a bus and went out within two miles around that church, that big old church over there with all those people, and we found young people in that community that had never been in church. If someone had told me there's people in that community over there that has never been in church ever before, this I would have not believed them. But, folk, I want to tell you they're here. There are enough Methodists within this area right here, right now, that never go to church anywhere. They don't go back to their home church. They're out here just loafing around, and they need your church. And if they all showed up here on a Sunday morning, you know full well as I do that we would not be able to stand them inside this building. We're supposed to be an encouragement one to the other. I think about our Sunday school situation. I think about our good teachers and, and how faithfully and committed that they are. And then I think how we neglect them. You know something, dear friends, if I had a Sunday school teacher and I was in a class and I had a Sunday school teacher, I would make dead sure this Christmas that they would know how much I appreciate them. And I wouldn't worry about spending the class fortune on them either to let them know that I appreciate them. And, folks, I want to tell you, when I had two children in Sunday school, I was concerned about it. And I was concerned about them. And I was uh, interested in their teachers and what they were doing. And I made it my point to talk to their teachers and to encourage them to do what they were doing so beautifully for my two. And, folks, if I had someone teaching my child faithfully in a systematic, dedicated, committed way as we have here, you parents, I would not let a month go by but what I didn't say something to the one who was committed and dedicated enough to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the church to spend their time. I've given to my child what that child needs. Or do you want to wait until you have someone else with authority tell them where they're going to go and what they're going to do? And that being a judge within our law court somewhere. I was talking to a man here not too long ago, and he's a Presbyterian preacher. And he said the reason that he's a Presbyterian preacher instead of a Methodist preacher because when he was about 10 years or 12 years of age in the Sunday school, the Methodist Sunday school, he said he didn't have a Sunday school teacher. And he had one every once in a while, and they wouldn't show up half the time. And so he went down to the Presbyterian church and joined the Presbyterian church and became a Presbyterian preacher. Well, I say thank God for the Presbyterians. But it sure speaks bad about you and me. Let me hurry on because our time's almost up. How are we going to do this job? First of all, I would be serious about the, the scriptures and what Peter's trying to tell us about a way that we ought to live, something we don't have to think about, really. We just go about it and just get out here and we just do it. We just be an encouragement one to the other. I see a job being done within a church. I would certainly encourage someone else to keep on doing the thing that they're doing. One of the great things I think we've done here with that newsletter is what I see. That little corner you know in the newsletter, a little article you see where someone's writing about something that they've seen here in the church. Now, folks, this is right in keeping with what this scripture is saying right here. That's just not for the officials of the church and the leaders of our church to use that space. That's for any one of you that see anything around this church going on that you can encourage someone else to keep on doing the thing that they're doing. 
that's wonderful. And what has been written in there, I think, has been absolutely beautiful. That's one of the first things I look for when I read that newsletter. I want to see what someone has seen going on good about our church. Right on the job. This work about the temple of God needs our hands and our minds and our hearts and our souls and our bodies. It doesn't help me too much for you to tell me, well, now I'm here in spirit. Well, you just take your spirit with you. You better keep your spirit and body together. You know, They just don't work too well without it. We've got to have a body. People. The spirit and body together. Doing the thing that we need to have done around here. And folk, let me tell you in closing, you have something to give. Because you have something fantastic about you that is so unique about you that no one else has it. And one of the things that you have that is so beautiful that God has given to you, you have the ability and capability to be able to be an encouragement to another human being. I don't care who you are. You have it within your power to be an encouragement to another human being. Have you encouraged anyone lately, deliberately, in a premeditated way? Have you gone out of your way to say something to someone that you see something in, you see what they're doing, you believe in it, you, you know. Have you? Oh, haven't you? I think about there in the book of Luke, uh, the 16th chapter, about the 20th verse. You remember that beautiful scene where the old, old Davies is there in his big mansion and, and he's eating well every day and he's robed in the finest linen and purple of, of, of his day and there was an old beggar at his, at his gate starving to death. Now let's change that just a little. And one day when the rich man was coming out of his, his fine gate uh, there and dressed in all of these beautiful clothes, well-fed and everything, if the beggar caught him by the arm and said, so look, Mr. Rich Man, says, look at my teeth, they're falling out because I, I don't have enough to eat the right kind of food. And, and look at my ribs here. Of course, if you look at my ribs, you couldn't see them. There's too much fat there to start with. But look at my ribs here. You can count them. I haven't eaten for weeks and months. It's been a year since I've had a good meal. And I haven't been able to go to the doctor. Look at my skin. It's a little look at this disease. I, I'm in bad shape. And I'm not long for this world unless I receive some help. Well, we don't have that kind of information. And the beggar didn't say that to, to diabetes, to the rich man. They didn't have any conversation. Listen to this. They didn't have any conversation until Davies went to hell. And then, oh, how the rich man wanted to get a hold of old, old, old Lazarus. Oh, how you wanted to get a hold of him and talk to him. It's too late. Now, folks, we've got people here in our community, the sad, the weary, the tired, the lonely, the frustrated, the hurt, the sick, the starving, and they're searching too, but they don't come up and hold a conversation with us and tell us about their hurts, not usually. But that doesn't mean they're not here. Don't we have something for them? Shouldn't we be in a position where we encourage them to do what they need to do in order that they might be restored completely and totally to life as God has it for them? To close with, I remember Peter going into the temple one day in the book of Acts, the third chapter, if you want to read it. He was going into the temple and there was an old beggar there at the gate, and he was begging because he was crippled and had been crippled from birth. And he saw Peter and John, they looked pretty prosperous, and he asked them for something, for some money. You remember that beautiful saying, Peter says, money I do not have, but such as I have, I will give to you. And you remember he shared the Lord Jesus Christ with this man. And the scripture says that this man went wild. 
he began to jump and to leap and to run and to shout and to cry and to holler and to praise God like a madman all over the place. Wasn't that wonderful? Now, folk, I want to tell you, is it not so that we have, don't we still have what it takes to set a man free or a woman free and cause them to leap and to holler and to praise God? Or has it been so long since you have forgotten that you were a beggar once and you were without the Lord Jesus Christ? Has it been so long that you have forgotten completely and totally that there are people out there that needs this wonderful, beautiful message that you have? I would say with the Apostle Peter, one thing that I would encourage you to do above everything else, and that is, why don't you exercise the power and authority that is within you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to encourage another human being in this life. And folks, let me tell you, you see, the life of our church and the life of another human being and the life of your own soul might well rest upon that simple premise whether or not you're an encouragement to another human being. Oh God, help us then to see this morning something of the opportunity that we have so beautifully today to fulfill your scriptures in our life. For we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of his words, finishing the work he started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.